I've just jumped in the car with David Saunders in Ballarat, a um, uh, anaerobic digestion and bioenergy expert. Yeah, so our business is Smart Options. So we do renewable energy uh, for all sorts of businesses, but we've developed this um, prototype digester so that we can actually take it on site yeah. to do um, feasibilities at site. Cool. Uh, the issue with biodigesters is that Every um, so, well, sorry. Can we just start? What is what is a biodigester? All right, the biodigester works on converting waste into energy. So you're basically trying to get the methane out of it, and then the methane can be used to run a generator, and that generator can be used for electricity, or it can be used for heat, uh, for other applications. All right, cool. And and so and and what you work with? Uh... Well, Jock Charles from Charles IFE. Uh-huh out here have um, built a biodigester some 28 years ago and they've developed their system and improved it over that period of time. We've worked on um, trying to refine the capture of the energy and um, make the system a bit more efficient. So we're now generating ballpark of um, uh, $400,000 worth of uh, electricity, of savings on electricity per year from this plant. Yeah, right. So it runs uh, It runs a 200 kilowatt generator, 24 hours a day. The biodigester generates between 77 and uh, 80 cubic metres of gas per hour. Uh-huh. Uh, and that comes from a waste source, which is pig manure. So, and, and like, this sounds like amazing technology. Um, why, like, why is this... Why is this not common in Australia? Why is this like is, um, this, is this common in other places in the world? It has become a bigger issue in Australia because of uh, the contamination of methane to the atmosphere is one of the issues. We need to capture that and, and reduce that impact. But the rest of the world has always had probably a dearer energy cost and has been looking for better ways of uh, uh, recycling, whereas uh-huh. Australia probably hasn't jumped onto that bandwagon at this stage. We really miss out on having the skill base in Australia to build these. Um, We need skill base that allows us to do feasibilities, do the reports, and then uh, put the packages together so that the the banks will understand that this can be a fantastic return on investment and a value add for farmers. So, and like you were mentioning before that you've tried to convince universities to start up a course, but it hasn't happened I've yet. been working to try and get uh, Ballarat University to run a course uh, to train people in this space for the past five years, and I just find that it runs into a bit of a brick wall. Yeah. We really need to, people to understand that this is a future career opportunity. Um, a biodigester is a living organism, so people need to have some um, engineering knowledge, they have, need to have some biology knowledge, and they need to be able to um, probably make the bankers understand that by putting these plants into intense agriculture, you can actually get a, a good return on investment and reduce your uh, carbon or your um, methane um, to the atmosphere. Yeah. So, so what, if it was up to you, you'd love all the universities to teach a course on, on bioenergy or gen? I think that if we could get the universities to um, develop the subject matter, you would have farmers, you would have um, students that want to go and do uh, studies and reports on this, Uh you would have local governments, councils 
that could tap into that knowledge base. We, we really lack the expertise and um, quite often, um, you know, people that want to put these plants in yeah. are misled by um, multinational organisations that yeah. are, are not necessarily giving them the right advice. Okay. We need the expert knowledge in Australia uh -huh. to run our own plants. So, yeah, so what is it? Which one do you need first, the technology or the education? The education is critical because yeah. we need people on the ground yeah. that can actually do the studies, yeah. do the reports. Um, once we've got the plants up and running, we need people that can actually manage and run these plants because they're not like a generator that you put in and put the fuel in it and it runs. Yeah. These are a living organism. Uh -huh. You need to be able to manage the waste stream to keep the gas levels producing. Yeah. You need to keep the organisms alive. You need the right temperatures. So there's a lot of um, background knowledge that's needed. So, okay. so, so is that like, so to have an idea um, sort of, uh, like, I mean, well, just to start with, waste in cities, like, or waste in general, where does all this organic waste normally go? Uh, most of it goes into landfill, yeah. and then over a period of time, the landfill can be captured, uh -huh. uh, the gas out of the landfill, okay. but it's a pretty rudimentary way of capturing that gas, okay. although there is massive potentials from landfill gas to run um, generators, which will have base load power. You know, yeah. I mean, Ballarat here has a generator out at their landfill, mm -hmm. and it's a one meg generator, it's running all the time, but they are still... Um, gassing off probably enough to run another one meg generator okay. but we can't get another one meg generator in because we can't get the power lines upgraded Yeah. and that means that that uh, methane that's going from that landfill is just going to waste Yeah. these plants wow. that we're talking about yeah. are on uh, larger agricultural businesses where you've got a concentrated um, supply of your raw uh, product. Mm -hmm. So out at Jocks we run uh, 300,000 litres of water a day at 7% mm -hmm. which equates to about 18 tonne of raw sewerage from pigs that's going into this plant each day. Okay. And that's so, so that's where we're going right now. Is that's to where go, we're going now. We're going to turn pig shit into gas. Into gas, yeah. into electricity, into money. Okay, right, cool. And so, because it's my understanding that uh, roughly about 50% of the waste in cities is organic waste. So, do you think it's a like logical or a bullshit this, idea that you could actually put these anaerobic digesters in cities? Well managed waste control yeah. could could be quite viable. Yeah. Right? Because a lot of your um, food and organic waste can go into a biodigester. So things like sort of lawn clippings and the likes are probably better going into um, mulch. Yeah. But certainly all of your food waste, all of your um, sugars, um, those type of things are fantastic for uh, organic biodigesters. Yeah, right. So and the issue is is that in a farm, yeah. the manure has already got the bacteria and the organisms growing in it. Uh-huh. So you've already converted some of that organic waste into um, energy through uh -huh. the pigs or the cows or whatever. But there's probably 30% of that energy is still available in that waste but you've already got the organisms growing so by putting them into a biodigester you're actually fostering that growth yeah so that the organism itself um, helps to grow the methane and then you can get that other 30 percent so the other side of that is that the product that comes out the end of this biodigester yeah is inert and has no smell. So instead of a pig manure having a high smell and nobody wants to use it for fertiliser, this product comes out the end, it's inert and it's got no smell. So you, 
you've actually got a product that can be turned into a fertiliser yeah. that can be used as another value add for a farming enterprise as well. Right, so basically you can turn, you, you have a, a gizmo that turns organic matter into energy and to fertiliser. Yeah, well we have, we have a uh, prototype plant which okay. is a small 20 foot container with a small biodigester in it uh -huh. that we can actually go to um, enterprises and yep. then run that plant for a period of time and we can do an assessment on uh, what temperature is best, what the mix rate is, uh -huh. what the feed rate is, what the amount of as, methane it can produce. As in, as in you're testing... Our the, test the, plant. You're, you're testing their organic matter for your we plant, can is test that right? It, yeah, because every organic matter, you can get uh, reports out of any number of universities of what theoretically should be able to be produced yeah. from a waste stream. Yeah. But every waste stream is variable because of the type of food that it's uh, the type of food that's been fed into the animals, yeah. and the type of product and the quality of the product that comes out the end. This plant allows people to actually assess their particular site for what it'll return. Now, out of this place at the moment, at Jocks, we get for every 60 kilograms of raw pig manure we put in, we get somewhere between a thousand and sixteen hundred litres of gas. Okay. So there's so, quite a lot of gas available. So what does that mean to a normal human? So like, say, 60 kgs of food, would that power a house? Or um, Look, it's probably not going to power a house. Yeah. You, you really need to be talking about setting a plant up yeah. with tonnes of material. So yeah. you need to have a consistent... Um, source yeah so it's not a product a biodigester has got live organisms so you can't just put all bread in it today and yeah. all meat in it tomorrow and then the following day put milk in it uh -huh. it just won't work it's you like, need to it's have like a stomach it's like it's a stomach it needs to it needs to be managed okay you know? so once you've got that uh, bugs growing right yeah you can actually vary vary the uh, type of input slightly to actually um use a different source but you can only vary it a little bit because you've got to keep the same bugs growing in that digester okay. so our retention time on this digester this small one is about 28 days okay so that means that 60 kilograms of waste that's going in there yeah is digesting for about 28 days before it's um you know it's wasted okay and um we just it's wasted because it actually gets pumped out of the bottom of the unit yeah all right and you'll see that when we go out here so if um because uh, we work on different projects, we're advising yep. people on master plans and things like this. Yep. So, like, we're always trying to sneak anaerobic digesters in projects, but yep. we always get people saying to us, you know, like, ah, oh, it's, you know, it's going to be too hard to get the food waste in there. Ah, oh, it's going to smell too much. Ah, oh, you know, it's too dangerous. Yep. There's too much risk. Ah, oh, it takes up too much space. Like, these are all the hesitations. So, what we yep. do is we look at the cost look at the space and we try and justify it but things like smell you know what what what, what do you what's your feedback right, so on that? you're not going to eliminate the smell in a biodigester okay you can't like if you're going to have organic yeah. material yeah there is going to be some smell so okay. it really needs to be an organic digester needs to be in a location where uh, you're industrial or away from um, any epa problems with that so is the smell greater than what the smell? It's no greater smell, than smell what the, what the gonna enterprise is going to be. Is it the, so, so just say if you've got a bin room at a university, yep. 
it, it's it not going to smell any more yeah, than that, is it? You would need to put the digester outside. I wouldn't be putting the, the digester inside. I think that there would be some pre-treatment that yeah. would need to be done uh -huh. if you were going to use it in an enclosed environment. And that's something we need to talk about okay. in the way of um, also capturing the gas with this unit. So you would put it outside and it would smell... There would be some smell, like yeah. no different than if you've got a bin outside that's got organic waste in it. You're going to have some smell. So in, in an ideal world, if you were to try and put a digester in the city somewhere, yep. like because there's probably some, like I see logic in locating these things in... There in, is some in, work uh, being done overseas with yeah. um, contained rooms yeah. for uh, waste, and yeah. they actually um, you know, back the trucks in and it's got a double door and a, yeah. a contained room. There's no doubt that if, if it had to go into an urban environment, yeah. there is some uh, ways that you could prevent the smell being excessive. That's You're listening just to Fuck With The Future. Where have we just arrived, this, sir? Uh, this is Charles IFE. This is a pig farm. Cool. And they have about 25,000 pigs. So it's a medium-sized pig farm in uh, Enterprise. I mean, there's a lot bigger than this in Australia. But they have some really clever ideas here. So... By capturing the gas, they actually capture the gas and uh, prevent the waste, so that prevents any runoff off their property, and you don't have uh, pollution into the creeks and rivers and causing algae and the likes. Uh -huh. When they uh, run it through the digester, which we'll see in a minute, they produce uh, electricity. So ballpark, they're producing about um, $400,000 worth of uh, savings on their electricity bill each year okay. from this plant. Wow. And, Big, and what does the plant cost them? Um, I think it cost them a couple of million dollars back yep. in uh, the 80s. Yeah, okay. But so from like that electric... maybe a five-year payback period or something? Uh, well, it's probably better than that nowadays because yeah. of the cost of power and also your, um, your compliance costs. If you've got uh, waste and contamination, the compliance costs are horrendous. And um, they can actually contain most of their waste on site here so that they don't have a lot of that other compliance costs. The other thing that they do from here is because they generate quite a lot of electricity during the summer, they actually cool their grain down. So they grow their own grain on this property. Uh -huh. And as they cool the grain down, that means that they don't need to put any um, uh, killers in it to, to stop the weevils. Because yeah, if you right. chill the grain down, you can actually stop weevil growth. Uh -huh. So their product that they send out of, to their pigs, yeah. again, is organic. It's clean. They yeah, don't have okay. to put any uh, chemicals in it to treat for weevils. So that's a positive. The other thing that they do, and you'll see here, is they've got a uh, packaging plant where they package up the uh, waste. So they mix the, the uh, processed uh, biodigester waste with soil and uh, bark and one thing like that, and sell it to a whole lot of enterprises for garden um, fertiliser. Right. And uh, we'll just have to be careful working around these machines, but if you come through here, that'd be good. You've all got closed-in boots. Yeah. And so, um, so when you say they probably make about four hundred grand a year in well, electricity, they save four hundred thousand in electricity. Yep. And then there's also the savings that they're getting from the fertilizer, right? All right. So there's two or three fertilizer savings. They irrigate their um, uh, wheat with the um, water that comes out of this plant, some okay. of the water that comes out of this plant. Most of the water is recycled, but they irrigate the... the so that saves them probably sixty to $70,000 a year in, in um, fertiliser cost. Uh -huh. they, um, they use the um, electricity to actually chill their grain down, so that means that they don't have 
we'll just go over to this building here. So till the grain down, they don't have to have um, chemicals and contaminants in their grain. Uh -huh. And that also means that they can actually produce a um, pig that's uh -huh. grown with green, green clean product. Yeah. Right? And then the upside of the uh, packaging side is that they actually package that up and sell two B doubles a day of packaged, um, basically organic fertiliser uh, or garden um, products. Yeah. And that's worth uh, probably about another one one million dollars a year, eight hundred thousand or one million dollars right. a year, even up to one point two, depending on the year. Right. So there's a, a there's a big uh, that's the value add it? the, yeah, the yeah, fertiliser yeah. alone. Yeah, right. There's a big right. value add all the way through the chain. Wow. So I'll just take you around the back and show you where the so the fertiliser's worth more than the power? Worth more than the power. Wow. Because it's, uh, and I'll show you the product. And is that, would that be the same with food or that's just for yep. pig, pig roast? So this is where the... Oh, um, smells this, good. Smells good here. So there's yep. 300,000 litres of product comes into this pit yep. per day, right? Now that's at about 7%. So that means that we've got to actually get that uh, process down so that it's, it's uh, we're only putting the digest product yeah. through the biodigester, which okay. is behind it. That's a two meg. Oh, okay. that's, that's the, the first stage of this is we screen it. Yeah. We screen it off, and that uh -huh. means the water is actually pumped through there. As it goes through, it screens off all of the heavies yeah. get pulled out, and the heavies go into the biodigester. The water has still got some heavies in it. So it, so that the next stage of that is that we put it through a DAF, and the DAF blows little tiny bubbles into the bottom of the water. And when it comes out the top, the bubbles have got a higher uh, surface temperature uh, uh, tension. Yeah. So they grab the um, heavies that are still in the water, and they take that to the top, and then that's scraped off, and that also goes into the biodigest. The water has still got some fertilizer in it, but uh -huh. very the water is quite clear. And I'll show you some water in a minute. It's really clear. Okay. So that water then is used to wash down underneath the pigs again. Yeah. It's not used on the pigs, but it's used to wash down under the pigs and to, to bring this product back. So okay. we're actually recycling that water, but that yeah. water is also used to irrigate for their farm. Yeah. So they've got um, some, I don't know, I think it's about 3,000 acres of wheat and barley that they grow. Okay. And that is fertilised from that water. And so to run this thing, like, because when you're talking about educating people, you need people to run them. How, like, is it one person's full-time job or uh, how many well, people do you need Marcus that we just talked to yeah. is pretty well full-time Jock and Marcus have got the skill base, yeah. right? But they, um, Jock has actually trained people over the years because Jock's been involved in this from its inception. Yeah. And Jock has trained people over the years. So he and his father uh, have skilled people up to run it. But they they had a pretty steep learning curve because there was no one really in Australia that was doing it. Yeah, well, now, there's quite a lot of people that are yeah. doing it now, but we still battled for that uh, skill base. So that's the main cost, really, is the A, setting it up, but B, um, a one staff member. Uh, well, the staff, the staff member will be self-funding because of the amount of money that it yeah, generates. Yeah, yeah. But, but, that's, but you do have to yeah. have skilled people to do it because, yeah. as an example, that two meg of product there, if someone put um, contaminants in there, it could potentially yeah. kill the bugs in it. Yeah. And then you've got to clean it out. I mean, it just doesn't start straight away. It's yeah. it's a living organism. Yeah. 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 So that, how, how much, uh, like, organic matter would that take a day, that thing? It takes about 18 tonne a day. 18 tonne a day, yeah, 18 right. tonne, and that, okay. that has about a 32-day retention on it. 
So we've been looking at for for Monash Uni. Yep. They they currently produce about five tons of food waste a day. Yep. And they're projected to go into about ten. Do you yeah. think that scale of like organic well, matter just, is useful, or is well, that it, too small? It the numbers would stack up. Yeah. If you can get your uh, manufacturing costs down, and one one of the things that has yeah. happened out, out of this test unit is we've actually got a a dairy farm out the road that's used our um, test unit and they've got 550 head of cows and they're actually building a full-scale plant from Gecko Industries in Ballarat, yeah. which is a modular plant. So the idea of their modular plant is that uh, they can actually add to or reduce it depending on what the supply of the product is. And, that's and we probably should show you some information about that. Okay. But that's another value-add as well, that you've got manufacturing base that potentially can make some money out of this for... A, an Australian, but in a world market, this yeah. is a, this is a uh, an opportunity that Australia can you know, jump on and, and be probably uh, selling products to the world. Yeah, well, I know they're doing they do quite a lot of this work in Denmark, for example. They are, but yeah, but I mean, Australia's been quite slow to move on the topic, hasn't it? Um, we need to make sure that all of the players are on the same um, playing field. I mean, yeah. the EPA needs to work with the farmers, yeah, and we need to get the skill base built up. So that the people that are doing the studies and the feasibilities for the farms or yeah. the abattoirs or the you know the sale yards or you know local government yeah. need to all be working in the same direction. We do have a problem with getting compliance in Australia. Yeah. And and not even just uh, I mean I think I personally think there's a big opportunity for it in cities where if you can deal with the way if you can deal with the smell, if we can manage that process, then um, well, I think there's a huge opportunity in cities too. Because why are we driving trucks of food waste out to landfill well, when we can? You know, be... food, food miles is a problem all around, but yeah. we do have a massive amount of energy yeah. that is just uh, wasted. I yeah. mean, even this product here, which is 32% of the energy, is still in that. You know, so we've, yeah, right. it's cost us a lot of money to grow the grain and the yeah. barley, yeah. and then to think that we're um, basically got a contamination to the atmosphere yeah. and still all that energy available. Whereas this can actually capture that energy and make a value add for that yeah. as well. Yeah, right. Yeah. So is this, this is the main facility to check out here, is it? This is, is there... the facility, which is a biodigester, which is about a 32 day retention on it. And then we've got a gas bell, and the gas actually comes out of the top of this unit and goes into the gas bell. The gas bell has got a constant load on it all the time, similar to the old gas works, and that gas bell produces, uh, supplies the gas for this generator. So this generator here, is a 200 kilowatt generator and it runs 24 hours a day. So it produces the electricity, but it also produces the heat that keeps the um, cell warm. So 200 kilowatts of electricity and per hour. And how much heat? And it, well, diesel generators work on about 36% efficiency. So 36% of uh, so 36% would be to 200 kilowatts. So you've basically got another nearly 60% of energy that's still available for heating. Yeah. So this is a bit more efficient than a uh, cat, so it won't produce quite as much heat, but you know, the, the numbers are quite good for heat. Yeah. So the heat's used for heating this bell, it's also heat used for heating the floors of this piggery over here, uh -huh. so that the young pigs are actually in a warmer environment. Okay. So particularly during the winter, that is critical. Okay. Yeah. So this this plant in front of you is a DAF, yeah. so the water goes into that unit, 
and then the bubbles blow up through it and the bubbles capture the dirt and it's taken to the top and it's skimmed off and that's put into here. Okay, so we're in the um, small-scale test facility now, Test facility. So we've got a feed trough. So some of the product needs to go through on a macerator and be mashed down. So some sites we go to, you'll have to actually get the product into a viscous state so that it can go into the feed. This product here is quite good. It's already quite um, uh, broken down. So we just put it straight into the feed trough. The feed trough then pumps into the digester. Okay. So it's, it's pumping in probably three to four times a day, up to six times a day, so you know, 10 litres per time. That goes into there. And then the product itself is fermenting in there. We've got a mixer in the unit itself, so we can vary the times and the speed of the mixer so that it changes how it, um, it mixes the bugs up. And then out of that, it produces gas. So out of the top of the unit that produces gas and we manage and measure the gas from here. We have a uh, pH tester in there and we have a methane tester in here. So we can actually test the methane levels and that gives us an idea of what our um, gas quality is coming out. And this meter here will give us a measurement on the volume of gas that we're getting out. Okay. So this is, you know, so this unit was built from a shoestring. We don't have packets of money, so Jock and myself have paid and built for this ourselves. So it's cost us about $30,000 to build this unit. Ideally, we could do a better unit than this with a lot more stuff, but we need to have the right people on board if we were going to do a... So, what, so how much did this thing cost you? cost us $30,000. $30,000. 30000 And how much would it go through the food waste? This all okay. use 60 litres of waste a day, or 60 kilograms of waste yeah, a day. Yeah, sure. right? And it yeah. produces, through here, yeah. we can actually produce between 1,000 and 1,600 litres of gas. Sure. So, so if we were to fill up a balloon with that gas, how long it's a lot of gas. Yeah? That's a lot of gas. It's a lot of gas. To it's a lot of gas, because it's, it's expanded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And methane gas is quite difficult to compress. So if methane we, gas if, needs to be... A, if we were to run a gas engine on it... You wouldn't run a gas engine on it. No? There's not enough gas there to run a gas okay, engine. Okay, what would you run the gas with? What would you use uh, the gas you could, you could use a little burner and let it burn. Yeah. Um, but this... What, this if, what if we stored up the gas for a couple of months? Could you run a gas engine on it for a day? Oh, you could... Yeah. You'd, well, you get a... Say you get a 1,000 litres a day of yeah. gas. Yeah. I mean, there's a number of things that you could run off that. But... You would need to think about capturing. We just bend it to the atmosphere. Uh -huh. We do have a uh, unit here that we were going to build, which was a gas belt. And we're just, we're just sneaking around behind the digester now. Oh, that's so, making good noises. So, yeah, so that's sucking gas in. So it's got water in the bottom of it. So this is like a gas belt. So we certainly could put our gas into here, like a small gas belt. Okay. But someone would need to manage it. And then you run your well, you barbecue, then, you barbecue could, on that. You could something. run your barbecue or something off it. Sure. So this is going to produce... I mean, the gas bell in here is only going to produce about 150 litres of gas okay. in the bell. Okay. So you would need to be changing that um, perhaps four or five, perhaps eight times a day more than that. Yeah. But, I mean, look, this has been built on a shoestring predominantly to do farms and agricultural application. Yeah. You're going to put it in town, we need to perhaps look at how we can best facilitate that yeah. so that it complies with all the right people. If you were to do 
say when you say 1,000 to 1,500 litres of gas yep. a day. A day. Um, what do you know? What the rough energy content of that gas is, or uh, most of the methane's around about 60 to 68 percent. 60 to 68 percent methane. Methane, and what the rest is uh, just. Well, yeah, I'm not sure what yeah. the other breakdown. I'd have to have a look at the report so, on the so latest ones. Of the litres, it's of the 1,000 to 1,500 litres, it's 68% pure methane. Pure methane. Okay. It actually goes up higher than that. We've had it up oh, over 85%. But, yeah, but at but atmospheric pressure, basically. That's right. Yeah. And the other thing about it, it depends a little bit on the waste stream. So if we were to put um, some sugars of some sort into here, yeah. we would produce a lot more gas, uh-huh. and that's what would come from a unit in town. If you've got cakes and yeah. um, sugars and those sort of things, you know, once you get your bugs growing to those, yeah. your gas uh, return per kilogram, it'd be probably higher. Is there, like, are there, is there food that it likes and food that it doesn't like? Um, well, anything that's... Well, it, it's, it's like your stomach. I mean, it's the energy that yeah. it's, that's in that food. Yeah. So the higher the energy contact, uh-huh. content in that food the more energy you will actually get out the other end on gas in I, methane. I once heard that the smellier the product is, the more energy you get out of it. Like fish so what the smell is basically the methane vending. Yeah. yeah. So the smell is the, the methane vending from your product. Uh-huh. So that's one of the things that you will find. if You you know how smelly that was around the corner where we've got that pit. I'll show you what comes out the other end of that digester. Yeah. And there's no smell in it. Right? Yeah. Basically, you, you're really battling to smell it because you've actually taken all that gas out of that product, which yeah. is where the smell is, and the product becomes inert. So you've actually, um, you know, converted a lot of contaminants that are in um, manure. Yeah. You've converted them to a really inert environment. So this unit here, we can, um, with this unit here, we can actually change. Yeah, so what are we looking at right now? So this is the um, display on our controller. Uh-huh. Right, so these are the inputs that we have. So we have our gas input, our doors, we have our water circulation. We can vary that. We can change the temperatures uh-huh. of the digester so we can actually vary the temperature it runs. We can change the mix speed. Yeah. We can change the feeding speed. So all of those are variables that we can put into here. So what we would do with a feasibility study yeah. is run the product for a period of time and get it going. So you've, you've actually got to get the bugs adapted to your feedstock. Yeah. But once it's going, then you can do some variables. So you might run it at a slightly different temperature for a couple of days and see yeah. if you get a better or a worse gas input. Uh-huh. You might change the mix. So instead of it being, you know, uh, five minutes every 15, like it, that's just come on there now, right? You might change it to um, one minute every five minutes. Or you might change it to two mixes an hour or something. So I'm looking at this little hot water system so this, here. Yep. So it's is just, this would would this be? Could you use this biogas to heat water? You could use it to heat water. Yeah. We've we've set this up though to yeah. be a unit that you plug in. Yeah. And all of the variables can be adjusted because if you're relying on your own gas and you don't have enough gas, then you don't have enough heat, and then it's a self-fulfilling spiral downwards. You've actually got to keep it hot to keep it going to get the produce. So we have a, a guaranteed heat supply, we have a guaranteed power supply. So that the, the products that we want to vary, yeah. we, we have actually got them in a controlled environment. Yeah, it's not, a, it's not necessarily a totally off-grid It's not a self, it's, it's, it's not, a, no. Yeah, Whereas this unit here is, yeah, yeah. you know, but you're talking about because a you've proper got, build model. Because you've got such a yeah, big capacity. Right. Yeah. So this is 
this actually uh, is a data logger, and what we're looking to do is to actually download that onto a memory chip and onto my phone all the time. All right. So at the moment, we have to come and just physically take that. So, so we're back in the car. Like, why? Why are you doing all this stuff? What's the, um, what's the Look, point? I'd like to think I'll leave a legacy, and I'm sure that uh, Jock and Melbourne, who own the farm, are the same. They, they want to see some positive outcomes. They are producing some good, clean Australian product that goes on to the supermarkets. And, like, Australia's a clever country. We just need to tap into some of these bright ideas and make them successful. Yeah. And, I mean, we need more action and less reports. I think that yeah. that's one of the things that I do have a problem with yeah. is money that comes from governments predominantly yeah. goes to writing reports yeah. and we actually don't deliver real real products. More. We talk about it, but we never deliver it. And then somebody picks it up and overseas or somewhere else, uh, they get the benefit of all of our work and studies. More action, less talk. More action, less reports. You know, yeah. We want to see deliverable responses. So, so like, if, you know, if I was to say, hey, you know, a university or someone's interested in installing one of these things... Yes. Um, ..you know, would you guys be in a position to be able to... to... Look, we'd be more than happy to work with them. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, uh, we would like to think that there's more opportunities for biodigesters to be built... Yeah. Um, ..and, you know, a reduced impact on the environment. Methane is... 25 to 50 times worse than CO2 for, you know, your greenhouse gas. Yeah. And we need to get that out of the environment. Yeah. But on the other side of it, the farmers need to be making money yeah. from all of their resource. Yeah. You know, at the moment, it's a cost to get rid of the waste streams. Yeah. This is a value-add for the waste streams. Yeah, well, it's a cost for power, it's a cost for fertiliser, yep. and it's a cost to get rid of waste. Eh? Yeah. Well, and the other, the other thing about biogas, it's it can be baseload power. Yeah. So it's not a power that's only there occasionally, like the wind, yeah. or only during the day, like the solar. It can be used as a baseload power. So if it was done and networked, it uh, potentially could tap into our baseload supply of power. Yeah. So, so um, uh, in the next 10 years, where do you see this whole scene going? Well, I think you've only just got to look at what's happened in Europe. I mean, they, they've um, jumped on this years ago, and they're already... Um, got some good waste processing plants in place and they're using different technology. America is um, going down that track even though there's some hiccups at the moment with uh, administration but California and some of those states have really got on um, you know, reusing the biomass in a better way and we have, we have the smarts in Australia. We have people that are actually doing this and we can, we can make it happen here. We just need the EPA and the authorities yeah. that actually help to facilitate it rather than being the roadblock. You're listening to Frequency. Uh, so Gecko, what happened is that we um, we talked to a um, company here in Ballarat that was that have got a brand new dairy, and they're running 550 head of cattle okay. on an automatic milking machine. So the cows are actually um, house themselves in a shed because they're really happy there. So the upside of that is that all of the manure that they make is captured in the shed. There's uh, probably 13 tonne to 18 tonne of manure a day from the cows. So we went and took our unit out there. We did a bankable feasibility study. The numbers stacked up really well. Gecko Industries in Ballarat are now building a plant for them. It's been installed and it's a um, 
it's a plant that can actually be scaled up and scale, scaled down. It's in 40-foot containers, so that as their uh, dairy farm increases, they can actually put more containers on, or you can change change the modules to suit the actual need of the uh, client. So I'll take you past Gecko Industries, which is a quite innovative business that Ballarat's got here. Now this is another add-on. Biodigesters need you know, skilled people to build them. You know, it's another skill base that we could build in Australia and export to the world. Now, Gecko Industries already export their mining processing plant to the world. So we're hoping that if we could get the skill base built up with our um, education for trained people and we have a, um, a test bed for all of our plants, so we'll have two biodigesters, big biodigesters that we can test, and McCain's have got a... Um, a bladder system here. We could actually train students in Ballarat or you know, train students and they then could go out and look at other sites that we could put biodigesters in yeah. and we can manufacture biodigesters, we could actually run the biodigesters, we can sell the power back to the grid as baseload power. So there's a there's a combination of lots of things that could come out of this if it's if it's people get on board with it. Right. And I mean, I've always found it interesting because, um, like, we do studies on different forms of technology, and it's usually the ugly ones that are the most cost-effective. <laughs> and it's like these biodigesters always stack up of being like payback periods of one to five years, and everyone's yep. always talking about solar and wind. Yep. But no one gives a shit about bioenergy. Well, I think that the the capital cost of putting them in for a start is a big deterrent yeah. for a lot of businesses because they just don't have that spare cash. You know, they're yeah. running day to day. But it's a bit like solar. I mean, solar now has a return on investment of probably two to three years maximum. Yeah. Um, the capital cost is really low, but that's partly because of economies of scale. As yeah. we've got more and more solar... The solar plants making panels at astronomical rates now. Yeah. China has taken solar up at a, an amazing rate. If we were building biodigesters in a, a bulk way, yeah. the cost of building a biodigester and the knowledge base would mean that the cost would come down. Yeah. So we do need to get economies of scale going. And sometimes that means that the governments or instrumentalities need to foster that initiatives to get it started. But once it's up and running and the costs become you know, reasonably cost neutral, people will jump on board with it. So everyone needs one? Well, you've got to have enough volume to make it stack up. But certainly there is a massive amount of waste that um, goes to landfill or it gets into our waterways or it, it's put into um, you know, all sorts of other applications where it's wasted. You know, even if it's used as fertiliser on farms, it's the methane is still venting to the atmosphere. You know, we could we could tap into that and use it in a much more um, environmentally friendly way. Is it is there an optimum scale for you? Like, is there? I would say that you'd need to have um, for farmers, they'd need to have um, you know sort of twelve to fifteen tonnes of product per day yeah. of raw product to actually justify the first outlay. Okay. I mean, you know, if this um, modular system that Geckos are building it can be uh, scaled down, there's an, uh, there's an opportunity to, to perhaps go smaller than that. But So, yeah, so roughly 12 to 15 is the sweet spot. Well, I, I think that would be the sweet spot. I mean, yeah. a lot of, um, you know, bigger uh, piggeries yeah. and bigger... Um, 
stock feedlots and those sort of places where they've got, you know, perhaps 30 to 50 tonne a day, yeah. they would be a no-brainer because the cost would be recovered quite quick and the capital cost wouldn't be excessive because you've got a lot of other capital costs already um, included in the farm. Yeah. So it's sort of, yeah, that's sort of what we've found is no one really takes us seriously unless we've got 10 tonnes of waste a day. Yeah. Look, there is small plants being done where people have actually got small um, biodigesters. Yeah. And there's certainly um, people that are building uh, units that can process uh, waste at a domestic level. Yeah. But the cost and the uh, viability is more on an emotional and, um, you know, feel-good than it is on economics and numbers. Yeah. So, you know, for farm enterprises, we really need to be talking about, you know, the, um, the unit being viable as a financial, yeah. financially viable um, proposition. Definitely. I'm all in favour of um, a lot of these technologies. There's not one answer to fix all of the problems. You know, wind has got a great merit and the numbers stack up for that. Solar is fantastic and that's our prime business is doing solar for domestic and... Um, uh, industrial businesses, we put solar panels on and the likes. But um, biogas or bioenergy is a wasted resource and we should be tapping into that. I think there is um, some goodwill in Australia to make a real difference. I'd like to think that um, I can leave a legacy and I'm sure that a lot of other people would like to leave a legacy for our kids. It's a positive one. And uh, I, I'm all for working with universities and people that are in that space to try and make that happen.